Well, it's about time you got here. Bring out your dead! So you didn't tell the truth. Did you ever hear of a crook who did? By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. It's season two of Storytime. Never thought I'd say that, but here we are. Episode one, season two. Glad to have you with us for another season of stories. Thanks for being here. We're going to pick up right where we left off. More stories about stuff going on when I was a kid, when I was growing up, when I was a young adult. Just... Stories to keep you interested and entertained and, you know, to pass the time. Thanks for being here and thanks for sharing them with me. Today's stories are going to be about winter. (laughs) I hate the winter now. But when I was a kid, I loved the winter. I didn't mind the winter at all. I liked the snow. I liked going outside. I liked playing in the snow. I liked doing things in the cold. It was fun. And that really highlights the difference of age, you know? When you're a kid, you don't care about being cold. You, you, you want to have fun. You want to be out there having a good time. When you get to be an old man, it's like, oh, it's so cold. Oh, I have to shovel. Oh, I have to drive in this. Winter now is blizzards and snow and bad roads and the wind blowing all of the time. And you have to deal with the weather. And you're monitoring the traffic to see how early you have to leave to get into work. Winter is not a festive time for grown-ups. At least not me. But boy, when I was a kid, oh, I loved the winter. I think it's partly because my mom always made us go outside and play no matter what the weather was. My mom had a phrase that she got from her mom, which was, You need to go outside and blow the stink off you. Yes, that was my mom. Going outside was very important. We needed our fresh air. We needed our exercise. We needed to get out there. And so rain, snow, hot, cold, mom had us outside and the winter was no exception. But the difficult part about the winter from January, right after Christmas, all the way through mid-February when we got our first holiday, which was Lincoln's birthday, February 12th. Oh, yes, I remember it. To this day, I remember we had February 12th and February 20th because they were Lincoln and Washington, respectively. Oh, I remember them very well, not because they were important presidents, they are, but because they were two holidays pretty much back to back in February and they gave us a break from school. But between January 2nd and February 12th, it was just school, 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 and we hated it. Because we'd just come off that 10 days after Christmas. And so we had this long haul of going from January to February without a break. Except for the blessed snow days we would get. Every once in a while we'd get enough snow where they would have to call school. They call school a lot more frequently now than when I was a kid. And I'm not sure why that is, but I do remember the snow days were few and far between. And I think it's partly because... They had chains for the tires on the school buses. Now, I don't know if you grew up at a time or in a place where they put chains, literally chains, on the tires of the school buses. But that's how they got the school buses up and down the mountain roads near us and up and down the snow-covered back roads. They had these heavy chains that they would put on the tires of the school buses, and that allowed them to plow through pretty much anything. Now, those chains had a distinctive sound. I was trying to find a sound effect of snow tire chains because they were a distinctive sound. And when you're on the bus, you could hear those chains 
chinking, chinking, chinking. I can't find that sound anymore. I don't know if anybody's ever recorded that. I tried to approximate it. It's kind of like this. But that was just such a distinctive sound. And I remember that riding to school, riding from school with a chink, chink, chink of the chains rolling on the road. I'm sure they've been outlawed because, number one, they're dangerous. Because if you pop a chain off of a tire on a school bus, I'm sure the shrapnel is pretty dangerous. And number two, I'm sure they're hell on the roads. Because you put a big old school bus on some metal chains going up and down your roads, it's got to chew the heck out of them. But they got us back and forth to school. Two, four, six, eight inches of snow? Nah. We usually needed a foot of snow to close the schools near us. Because those school buses, they got through everything when they had chains on the tires. But every once in a while, we'd get that snow day. And then we'd get to fill it with the activities that we loved to do. And when you're a kid, what's the first thing you do when it snows? Snowball fights, of course. We had snowball fights. Ours weren't fights. Ours were full-scale wars. We'd divide up into teams. We'd use the whole neighborhood. We'd be running around. Oh, the snowball fights were glorious. We loved the snowball fights. And to go with the snowball fights, of course, the snow fort. You had to build a snow fort. Yeah, we built a snowman. But, you know, you build a snowman and you stand there and you look at it. I mean, okay, yeah, it's cool. You have a snowman. Yep, yep, okay. There he is. And then what? But with a snow fort, you could actually use it. You could build walls. You could build windows in the walls. You could see people sneaking up on you with hands full of snowballs. You could dive behind the walls of the fort to avoid the snowballs. Oh, snow forts were awesome. And then when the plows came down the road and they'd pile up the snow on the side of the road, you could dig into that. It was like a ready-made snow fort. Just dig a little hole in there, burrow it out. We didn't worry about things like the thing collapsing on top of us. We didn't care. We were kids. That stuff didn't happen to us. So yeah, we had snow forts and we used them. And we had a great time with our snow forts, our snowball fights. It was a glorious time to be a kid in the snow, outside, in the winter. It was great. We also did stupid stuff in the snow. For instance, we wanted to see if you could ride a bike in the snow. You can't. And we discovered that the hard way. Well, you know the thought process. Well, sure, if we pedal fast enough, how about if we start in the garage, get it up to speed, and hit the snow on the top of the driveway, going as fast as we can? Yeah, if you have anything more than half an inch of snow on the top of the driveway and you hit that at speed, you come to a pretty quick stop. We learned that the hard way, too. But because mom, and actually not just my mom, all the moms wanted the kids outside, we went outside and we kept ourselves busy and we learned to play outside. And we did that pretty much every day, at least for a little while. It was just the way things were. We had other outdoor activities, of course. But one I never participated in was skiing, and here's the reason for that. When I was in middle school, there was a ski club, and as you might expect, the ski club went skiing. And of course, part of being in the ski club, you had to sign up for the club, get permission slips from your parents, and then be ready to go on the ski trip when it was scheduled. Now, the first year that I signed up for it was sixth grade. And being the homebody that I was and the unpopular fat kid, as you know, this was not something that I did willingly, but it was something that I was encouraged to do by my mother, because my mother skied when she was in high school and college. So it was her idea that I should join the ski club. So I reluctantly signed up. 
One of the reasons I was reluctant to do so is because everybody who signed up for the ski club had to have a partner. Since I really didn't have any friends, (laughs) and I know it sounds sad, and it was sad, but I didn't really have any friends, so they paired me up with somebody who happened to be in my class. And I remember who it was, And we didn't have any issues. I mean, we got along. He didn't particularly hate me. I didn't particularly hate him. We didn't particularly like each other either. We just were aware of each other's existence because we were in the same class. So for the first ski trip of the season, we were all set to go. I believe it was Wednesday afternoons they went to the local ski slope, which was about an hour away. And back in those days, the school sponsored the trip and they provided the transportation. So you'd wait after school and you'd hop on the bus and head to the ski slope. Now, I don't remember why I couldn't go on the first trip, but something came up at the last minute. And as I was preparing the episode today and trying to remember why I didn't go, I I just couldn't come up with a reason. I don't remember why. But for whatever reason, I wasn't able to go on the first ski trip. The next day in school, I discovered that the kid that I was supposed to be partnered with broke his leg coming down the ski slope. He slipped, fell, broke his leg. And that freaked me out. It freaked me out so much so that I never wanted to go skiing, ever. It's one of those things that happens when you're young that leaves an impression on you, and that left an impression on me. So I never went skiing, ever, in my life. I've been to ski slopes. I've gone tubing at ski slopes. I've taken my youngest son for skiing lessons. But personally... I've never been on skis, and it all goes back to sixth grade. But of course, skiing isn't the only winter activity. The one that I did participate in a lot was skating. I loved ice skating. Now, ice skating by us was something you could just grab a pair of skates and go do, because there was a couple of ponds near us that were open to go skating on. Now, they were a little too far to walk, but my mom liked to skate too. She was a skier and an ice skater. And she had a pair of figure skates, and she would come and skate with us. So she'd pack the kids into the car. We'd go down to the local—it was actually a church. We'd go down to the local church because there was a pond in back of the church. And they had little benches set up, and they had one of those 55-gallon drums with a fire in it to keep warm. And we'd skate. It wasn't an official skating pond. It wasn't sponsored by anybody, but the church was aware people skated back there. And this is at a time when the world was a little less litigious than it is today. If somebody slipped and fell skating, they weren't going to sue the church. They were going to pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and go, whoops, and go back to skating. And that's what we did. So there was this little pond in back of the church, and we'd go skating there. And when that place was either too crowded or we wanted more room to skate, we would go up to the local Boy Scout camp. I've mentioned it previously, that was a place where there was a swimming hole in the summer. In the wintertime, the lake froze over, and we could skate up there. So we'd drive up the mountain, along with all of the other skaters, and we'd grab our skates and skate for a couple of hours. And boy, I remember that being a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. We would play tag on skates. I never played hockey, but we played all different kinds of race games, all kinds of different tag games. You can't really do much more than that on skates if you're not playing hockey. But boy, we had a good time just jetting around the ice. That was so much fun. I also remember having to learn how to use figure skates. That was the first set of skates that I had. My dad had picked them up at an auction, as usual, because skates are expensive. So my dad would keep his eyes open at auctions for any skates that would come up for sale. 
And if they came up for sale, he'd bid on them, and we'd always be using some kind of worn, torn skates on the ice at either the church or the Boy Scout camp. And the first set that I had was figure skates, and for whatever reason, I could never figure out the toe pick. I kept dragging my toe and doing a header onto the ice. But eventually, a pair of hockey skates came up for sale at an auction, and my dad scooped them up. They happened to be my size. And I loved him. I didn't have to worry about a toe pick. I didn't have to worry about smashing my face into the ice. I learned how to skate with hockey skates, and it was great. Never did play hockey, although they did have pickup hockey games up at the Boy Scout camp on occasion, but I never actually played. I got to watch them. I got to figure out the game. But for the most part, my skating career was careening around the ice as quickly as I could, and it was great. I loved it. The other thing we did in the winter was sledding. Oh, boy, did we love our sleds. And my dad kept us fully equipped with every conceivable sled you could find because they came up with some frequency at the auctions that he would attend. Of course, we had the flexible flyer, the runner sled with the little stick that you used to steer it. You'd lie flat on your belly on the flexible flyer, or you could sit and use your feet to steer. But there was that cross beam where you could steer it with either your feet or your hands, depending on how brave you were. Me, I was a head first down the hill kind of guy. I dove onto that flexible flyer, grabbed the stick to steer it, and it was exciting. Face first, down the hill, snow flying. Oh, I loved it. But if you wanted to take a partner, you had to sit so that somebody could either sit behind you or sit in front of you, and whoever had the longer legs would use their feet to steer. Naturally, of course, I would do the belly flop onto the sled and then somebody would jump on top of me so we'd have two people belly flopping down on one flexible flyer. That makes for an interesting ride. But of course, the problem with the flexible flyer is if you have a wet snow, the flexible flyer gets stuck because the runners get buried in the snow and you can't get up any speed. So you have to have either a very cold, hard-packed snow or a frozen crust on top. We would get that occasionally. But in New Jersey, the temperature always seemed to hover right around 30 degrees. So we didn't get a lot of really hard pack frozen snow. So we didn't always get to use the flexible flyer the way you should be able to use it. You really need a hard pack and something to go shooting down to make the flexible flyer worth your while. The other sled of choice was the flying saucer. It's that round saucer that you sit on, grab two handles and jet down the hill on. Just like any other sled, you do need a hard surface, but if you go down the hill on the flying saucer a couple of times, you pack out the pathway so you have a nice hard path so that the people who come after you can jet down the hill. And the more you jet down the hill, the harder you pack it and the faster the flying saucer will go. And if you hit it right, you can spin on your way down, which makes it even more fun. If you've seen the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, the sled that Clark Griswold uses, that's a flying saucer. That round metallic sled. It's not really a sled. It's a hunk of metal. It's a hunk of metal that you sit on and go down a hill. And we had a great time with those. Those were really good. But the sleds we had the most fun with were the toboggans. The toboggan is a long sled that can seat two, three, four, five, in our case, sometimes six people on a sled, and go down the hill. And we did have hills around us. You've heard me talk of Vinny's yard across the street. He had a long, gentle hill. We had a couple of very steep, but very short hills in front of our house. So if we wanted a really quick ride, we'd ride off the hills in front of our house. If we wanted longer rides, we'd go across the street and get the paths going down Vinny's yard. We tended to prefer our yard because being the daredevils that we were, 
We'd rather have two seconds of quick fear than five seconds of, eh, okay, it's a ride. But we loved those toboggans. Boy, we'd pack the whole neighborhood on a toboggan and head down the hill. Now, we had a couple of different toboggans. We had, of course, the traditional wooden toboggan, and my dad actually had found wax. So just like skis, if you wax the toboggan, it goes faster down the hill. So we would wax up the wooden toboggan and pack it up with the kids from the neighborhood and head down the hill. We'd have some really good rides on that. But somewhere along the line, my dad had found an aluminum toboggan. I've never seen one since, but it looked like a traditional wooden toboggan, except it was made of aluminum, the same metal that they made the flying saucers out of. And boy, if you got the trail nicely packed and you had a good hard surface, that aluminum toboggan would fly. It would go down the hill quick. We had some great rides on that toboggan. Oh, sure, it was cold as hell sitting on it, but we didn't care. We were kids. We had our snow gear on. We'd load up on that toboggan, jet down the hill, smash into trees down below, climb back up the hill and do it again. Rinse and repeat. It was so much fun. And the aluminum toboggan gave us a brilliant idea. The aluminum toboggan inspired us to create snow ramps. Yes, snow ramps. Because you could get that thing going quick. So we figured, well, if we pack up the snow at the bottom of the hill and we get this thing going as quick as we possibly can, we'll get some lift. So I remember this one winter day, we were at the bottom of the hill in our yard and Vinny and a couple of the other kids from the neighborhood and I were piling up snow at the bottom of the run that we'd created from the flying saucers and the toboggan going down the hill. And we're building up this ramp and we're trying to smooth it out and we're seeing how high we can make it because we really wanted to get some air. So we're busy digging and packing and digging and packing, and we're trying to get the angle just right, because we know we're going to come down the hill quick, so we have to have a smooth takeoff point, and I think we got it to about two feet tall. Might have even been two and a half feet. Now, I had the great idea to take pictures of us going off the ramp. Now, back in those days, we didn't, of course, have cell phones with cameras built in, We didn't have anything with cameras built in. If you wanted to take a picture, we had a little Instamatic camera. You'll have to Google that because I don't think they make Instamatic cameras anymore. But I had a little Instamatic camera. So I had Vinny and Ray, one of the other kids in the neighborhood, hop up on the toboggan at the top of the hill. And my plan was to stand at the bottom of the hill, camera ready, and I would take a picture of them as they hit the ramp and as they cleared the ramp. Now, when you're a kid and these kind of things are happening... You don't really think it through. So I'm standing at the bottom of the ramp and they come barreling down the hill towards me, really making good time because it's a metal toboggan. And I have the camera ready and I realize, holy crap, they're coming right at me. So I'm trying to get the camera ready and I'm trying to get the hell out of the way and I'm trying to get the picture taken as they hit the ramp and I want to get them at the takeoff point and I don't want to get killed by two kids barreling down the hill on a metal toboggan. Needless to say, the pictures did not come out all that well. I did come across the pictures a couple of years ago. They're stashed in in an album somewhere under the stairs. And all they show is just this burst of snow and a blur of darkness coming over a white ramp. They don't show anything. There's just you If I wasn't there to tell you the story of what that is, you couldn't tell what it is but I remember. I remember that day, 
And I remember those pictures, and I remember how crazy we were doing stuff like that. I did, of course, take a ride on the metal toboggan off the ramp as well. Of course, how could I not? It's my yard, it's my toboggan, I had to do it. Let me tell you something. It's not something I recommend. Sailing down a hill on a metal toboggan, very exciting, very fun. Hitting a ramp and launching yourself two and a half feet in the air at speed and then landing? If you've ever heard the phrase jarring impact, it is a jarring impact. I think I can still feel it. All these years later, I think my back teeth are still aching from where my jaw clamped down. I'm surprised I didn't bite my tongue off. That hurts. Let me tell you, that hurts. But it was fun. That's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you joining me for Season 2. Thank you for all your support, all your time, and just for being part of the family. Until next time, you take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.